glad to see all of you. Thank you so much for being here today. How many have felt the presence of the Lord? Now, we say this here, we don't gather to perform a ritual or to check going to church off the box. Like, we come here to meet with Him and to let Him rearrange our lives. Like, that's kind of how I see Sundays. Like, Lord, rearrange my week. Prepare me now. Set me up. Come on. Um, and I love how Mandy opened with saying that revival is where you carry his presence with you everywhere you go. That's really revival. And so that's what we're longing for. That's what we're here for. And I'm so glad you've chosen to be here. I know you could go anywhere and you came here. So we're so honored and so blessed that you're here. And if you don't leave without feeling his presence, then I feel like we've wasted time. So if you haven't felt him, I ask that he would come wrap his arms around you right now. Hmm. <laughs> Whew, amen. amen. I do want to put, put a plug in for last week. If you weren't here and you didn't hear the message, we dealt how uh, a poverty mindset or a, a non-kingdom mindset tells us that we're powerless, that we're victims, and that we're on our own. But Jesus came and paid a heavy price to remove those labels from us, to make us powerful, to make us overcomers, and to be the one who walks with us in every season of life. And so if you missed last week, it's on the podcast at Firelife, uh, Firelife Church Podcast or our website, wearefirelife.org. I promise you it will, it will break chains and, and uh, mindsets off of you. How many felt any uh, res- residual breakthrough this week from that? I have. I know it was a word for me. Um, I've had opportunities this week to exercise being powerful instead of being a victim. And it changes your life when you say, you know, God said it, I'm going to begin to act like it. And it begins to line up our lives. And so we just, we just pray that God will continue to bring breakthrough. He paid a heavy price for us to have his mind so that we can think with the wisdom of God and not the wisdom or the foolishness of this world. So I do want to pray over... Um, Two things, real quickly. Uh, Cheryl Mitchum is back in the hospital. She had a pacemaker put in last week, and I just want to pray over her and send God's presence to her right now. She may be even watching right now. Cheryl, we love you so much. Uh, and we, I just want to pray over her. Jesus, we thank you for Cheryl and for her family and the gift she's been uh, to, to us as a church body, as to friends and people who go after you together. And we just bless her body right now in Jesus' name. We speak to her heart to be healed for scarring in the tissues and the things that are causing these, these uh, episodes that she's having. We say no more in Jesus' name. You are well, Cheryl, in Jesus' name. By his stripes, you were healed. Like Shagoon said, it is well with you right now in Jesus' name. Uh, we bless you. We bless your family. All right, the second thing I want to pray, I want to pray quickly. I want to pray over the election, and here's, here's what I want to pray for. I don't want to pray over who wins or who loses. I want to pray for our nation to be united. Amen. I want us to come together. And I really want to pray that the church becomes united and shows the rest of the world how to be united. Because we're not divided in the church. When we're doing it right, we all go to church together. We live together. We're neighbors with each other. That's how the world works. It's not divided into parts. And so, Jesus, we know that you've called us to be your church your representation of, of your Father on earth. And we ask that you would raise up the church to be people, to be lions in this time. Ooh, unify us right now in Jesus' name. Make us love each other like we've never loved each other before. May we be your disciples, like Jesus said. This is how they'll know you're my disciples, the love you have for one another. God, baptize us with love right now. 
Tell, help us, Jesus, to show the world how to love each other well, how to put our others' needs above ourselves, how to esteem our neighbor higher than we esteem ourselves, Woo. <laughs> how to love them as much as we love you, God. Come on. <laughs> yes. And help our nation to be unified and help the church lead the charge. Come on, would you say it? Help the church lead the charge. Come on. <laughs> if it feels like it's a dark time, then it's time for us to arise and shine. Come on. Whew. All right, I want to give you a quick message today. This is going to be a fast one. Y'all never believe me. You never, never believe a preacher when he says this will be quick. I promise you it will go quick. Exodus 23 is where I'd like for you to open, though. Um, whenever we enter into a new season, it requires that we act differently. We have to be different people when we come into a new season. When you step into a new land of promise, a land of breakthrough, it requires to shed off the old skin and the old nature from the last season and to put on the new nature that's required for your new season. Y'all hear? All right, that, that fell really flat, but that's all right. Exodus chapter 23, and I'm going to read verse 20 through 33. And he says, behold, I send an angel before you. Come on, that's the Lord. He sends an angel before us. And it's capitalized too, so I believe it's Jesus, the angel going before us. Come on, to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared for you. Beware of him. Beware of the angel. Beware of Jesus, this person going before you. Obey his voice. Do not provoke him. For he will not pardon transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you uh, into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I will give them all to you. I will cut them off. Listen to the warnings he says, though. You shall not bow down to their gods. You shall not serve them, nor do according to their works. Don't do the things they do. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars and altars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Amen for that. And I will take the sickness away from your midst. I receive that in Jesus' name. Oh. No one, oh, oh, oh. this is the Lord's promise to his people that will obey his voice. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the new land. Wow, what a promise. Ooh. I will fulfill the number of your days. In other words, you're not going to die before your time. Amen, say an amen to that. Say, say that, I will not die before my time. Say that again, I will not die before my time. Woo. I will send my fear before you and I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run from you and I will send the hornets before you and I will drive them all out. I'm gonna skip through it a little bit quickly. I will drive them out before you in one year. Come on. Lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field. He says, I will not drive them out. I misread that as a really bad, bad, bad pastor move there. 
I will not drive them out in one year because I don't want the land to become desolate and the beasts of the field to become too numerous for you. In other words, I'm going to allow some of your enemies to stay in your promise to take care of it for you until you take over it. Come on. Do you hear that? I'm going to allow these people that have been here working your fields and building your houses and, and tending to your crops, I'm going to allow them to stay there until you're strong enough to overcome them. And they're going to take care of it for you so that it doesn't become desolate and you have to start from scratch. Man, what a promise. He says, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and inherit the land. And I will set your boundaries from the Red Sea to, this, from the, Red sea to the sea, uh, Philistia, uh, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them. He's saying, don't make peace with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. Oh, for if you serve their gods, it will be a snare to you. Amen? Amen. What's the point? I feel very strongly that every single one of us is entering into a, a season where we're taking possession of something that's been waiting for us. I have complained so much over the last few years. And, I, and, and this is the complaint that I've had. Why does everything have to be so hard? Why can't something just go easily for me one time? Why can't I get a good news phone call instead of, hey, here's some more bad news phone call? And I begin to complain to the Lord. And the Lord told me, I'm preparing you for my promise. I'm building up your endurance. I'm teaching you to manage your emotions. You're pressing against an impossibility, but you're building up strength in the process. And the reason I'm doing this is because the land that you're going into is different than the land you've been in, and it requires different strength and different endurance and different muscles that you've had. So I'm allowing these enemies to be manifested in front of you so that you can combat against them to build up your strength until you overcome them. And I would complain. I'd be like, oh, Lord, when is it going to turn around? Why, am I, why do I have to keep fighting these same battles? Hey, I've let the enemy stay in your promised land for a little while longer because I didn't want it to become desolate. I want him to keep taking care of it until you're ready to cut his head off. And that's where we're at right now. How many would say you feel that? Like maybe it's been a long season for you. Maybe it hasn't just been a couple of years. Maybe it's been 20 years. And maybe you feel like your whole life has been, man, everything's difficult. Everything I get I have to fight for. I'm telling you, I believe this with all my heart. The Lord is setting you up. He's preparing you to reveal the strength that is inside of you that you don't know is there yet. And when you're pressing against enemies that it's difficult, it doesn't feel like you're strong. It feels like they're stronger than you. But when you destroy that enemy, that same strength that you were using to press against them manifests itself as power instead of a struggle. She even talked about it, power. There's a power that's beginning to manifest inside the children of God as we step into promise. 
We need to stop complaining about the difficult seasons that we've had. There will be more difficult seasons. Do you know why I know that? First of all, Jesus said that that would happen. You will have trouble. The other reason that I know that's true is because we're never done taking territory for the Lord. So for the rest of our life, we will face mountains and oppositions that seem bigger than we are, but they're not bigger than what is, what is propelling us into this promise. They're not bigger than the voice that's inside of us, than the angel that's been sent before us to cause confusion of our enemies. So you're building up endurance right now. Don't despise endurance. This is a marathon we're in. If everything came easily, we wouldn't stick around. This is the truth. If everything came easily, we wouldn't stick around. It's only difficult because you're somewhere where you might not be ready for yet. And you're stepping into this new new territory. How many of you have have had a promotion at work and you stepped into that room and you're like, I am not prepared for this room. And what happens? Over the next few days and weeks, you faced obstacles and opposition in your new job. You had the new title, you had the new authority, and now you get to fight the monsters that comes with it. And those monsters that are there, guess what they're there for? To reveal that you do have what it takes for this new position. That Jesus has been building endurance and strength for this place way before you even realized it. And then guess what will happen? There will be a season, I'll speak that over, over, there will be a season, you'll begin to make a, a, a decision and you'll look back in the next days or weeks or months and you'll be like, man, that was a really good decision I made. Wow, I w- I'm not that wise. The Lord is beginning to reveal the wisdom and the strength he's been putting inside of you through the seasons of pressing against impossibilities. I, I believe this with all of my heart. If we want it easy, then we won't ever go anywhere new. And we'll never mature in the kingdom. See, in the kingdom, getting our needs met is at the baby end of the spectrum. Like, babies get their needs met. Come on, they know how to get their needs met. They, will even, they can't even talk, but man, they sure are powerful in calling out for their needs to be met. And we're like, I don't know what's wrong. They're either dirty, they're wet, they're hungry, they're sleepy, or they don't, like, there's three or four things that could be going on here, but they're going to tell you they need something and you're going to have to figure it out. Babies get their needs met. And in the kingdom, if we're only living and just getting our needs met, then we're still babies. But the mature in the kingdom are conquering things. They're taking territory. They've got scars on them. Man, I love watching these, these, uh, these documentaries of, of, of Animal Planet and all these kinds of things. And you see these, uh, especially like sharks or lions, like ferocious animals. You see all these scars on this, this shark where they've had battle after battle. And you know that that's the, that's the, grand, that's the daddy shark. Dude, dude, dude. Sorry. He's the one. He's been through a lot, right? Or you see the lion who half his ear is ripped off. His face is scratched, but he's still the king of the pride because he's been through battles. And those are the ones that I want to run with. I want to run with people that have scars. You only get scars when you're in war. If you're not in war, then we're living as a baby believer. You can make it to heaven as a baby. 
You miss out on all the conquest. You miss out on all the fun. Like, man, the war is not very fun. No, it's not. It's war. Conquest isn't fun. No, it's not. It takes effort. It means that I have to realize I don't know what to do here. What a great place to be, actually. God, I am out of my depth. I wasn't trained for this. I wasn't prepared for this. I have no degree for this. I only have you to lean on. Oh, that's why you wanted me the whole time. That's where the Lord wants us. And so I wanted to give you eight quick things. I never do this. So y'all know it's really weird if I make a list. Eight things that the Lord spoke to me about how to increase as you move into your promise. How to increase in the land of promise. Eight things that we need to follow. Number one, we have to be aware of him and his presence. We cannot allow the enemy or the mountain or the opposition to impress us at all. We can only allow ourselves to be impressed with the size of God, with the power and the authority that he has over our lives. I can only allow myself to be aware of what he can do, not what the enemy can do. Not of all the bad that could happen in this situation or or the thousand ways it could go wrong. I only need to focus my attention on I'm following him and I'm aware of his presence and I'm only impressed with God. I'm not impressed with this mountain. Be aware of him and his presence. Number two, obey his voice. The, The Bible tells us that life is in his voice. That he created everything through his voice and life is in his voice. And so you have to listen for his voice and obey him. Even if it sounds crazy, do whatever he says. I'm going to tell a really cool testimony. There was an evangelist named Bobby Connor. If you've ever had the privilege of hearing him, what a sweet man. He was a male Linda Vaughn, for anyone that knows Linda Vaughn, that type of personality. And he's, he's in service one day. And the Lord's moving in the room and God says, hey, Bobby, I want you to go back to that guy. And he looks back and he sees this like huge Harley Davidson tattooed up, look rough looking biker dude. He looks back. He's like, that guy? He's like, yeah, I want you to go back to that guy. And I want you to go up and I want you to nibble on his ear. (laughs) This is a true story. And Bobby's like, there is no way. And Bobby's a big dude, but he's like, there's no way I'm going back there and nibbling on that guy's ear. He goes, Bobby, you go back there, that big tattooed up, mean looking dude, you go back there to him and I want you to nibble on his ear. So Bobby, after some arguing, goes back there. Can you imagine the courage that it would take? I'd probably do it in duck or I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. I don't know if I could. <laughs> oh, sneak attack him. Anyway, he comes up to him and he just doesn't give any indications of what he's going to do or hey the Lord told me to do I know it's really weird he didn't do any of that he just leaned in and he nibbled on the on his ear and the dude broke weeping fell on the floor in a puddle of tears this big old huge dude and so the testimony of what really happened with there was this man's wife was a faithful servant of God and she loved the Lord and she wanted her husband to be saved and he never wanted to be saved. He didn't want to go to church with her. He didn't want anything to do with God. And she would annoy him and nag him and say, Jesus loves you and Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And he got so sick of it. He's like, stop it. You can only tell me about Jesus if you nibble on my ear and whisper the things that you want to say to me. And so God got Bobby 
to go up and nibble on the dude's ear, and it broke him, and he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. It sounds crazy. But if we will obey his voice, there's life in his voice. You can read the Bible and see countless crazy things God asked people to do. Like what's a pitcher and a trumpet and not, and then not being able to say anything and then shouting this seventh time around on the seventh. That doesn't make any sense. And God says, do it. You do it and it always works out. So in the new season you're in, it may not make sense to you. It may sound weird and strange. It may be like, hey, go nibble on that big biker dude's ear. <laughs> just, if God tells you to do it, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Number three. Let me say this real quick on the last one. If you're not hearing him right now, then f- look for his ways. Follow the ways he operates. Get on the familiar path. And the voice will come back. I know this to be true. Number three, quickly, have no other gods. No other gods. And let me say it like this. This is the easiest way for us to remember this. An idol or another god is anything I have to check with before I will say yes to God. I'm going to say it again. An idol is anything I have to check with before I will say yes to God. Hey, I want you to, to, to do this thing. Well, hold on. I, I got to make sure that it's okay with the wife. Let me check it out with the boss. Oh, wait, wait. I, I need to look at my bank account to see if I can do that. Wait a second. I need to look at my schedule. I got a lot going on. I got, you know, I got a, a lot of stuff going on during the week. Let me check my schedule. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just don't really want to. Maybe I'm the idol. An idol is anything I have to check with before I will say yes to God. See, anyway, I'll stop there. Number four, repentance is a lifestyle. You have to have a repentance lifestyle in the new territory. That means that we pull down altars to false gods. We drive out anything that causes me to be apathetic or lukewarm. If there's anything in our life right now that does not stir up passion for Jesus, then it needs to go. Anything. Everything we do can be worship unto the Lord. Me being a husband, a dad, a soccer coach, anything I do in life can be as worship unto the Lord. As long as I'm doing it unto the Lord and I'm listening and obeying him and doing it to the best of my ability and as worship unto him, then it's worship to him. And he loves it and he covers it. But the moment... (laughs) moment that I've put something into my life that causes me to be apathetic or lukewarm has become a problem. You're like, well, how do I know what that is? If there's anything in your life that drains the life from you, it's probably not from God. I mean, if he's life and in him is life, then if there's something in my life and when, I, when I'm in this thing or I'm around this situation or whatever and it sucks the life out of me and I feel horrible after or I don't enjoy it, then I probably need to cut that thing from my life because it is killing the revival Jesus wants inside of me. Man. Y'all okay? Man. All right. N- number five, we have to be humble. We have to be humble. The Bible says to not be wise in our own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. Like, I don't know anything. I love, we read it, I think it was last week or the week before, where Paul says, I have, I have decided that I don't know anything. 
And Paul knew a lot. Paul was wise. He was a scholar. He wasn't just wise. He was a scholar of the word of God. And he was brilliant. And he stood up and he said, I have decided I don't know anything except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Period. I consider everything else dung except for the knowledge of Christ. And so that's where humility starts. It's the, it's the fear of the Lord, the humility that says, I don't know, but I have to trust you, and I choose to trust you. We cannot be wise in our own eyes. Number six, keep your commitments in your word. The fastest way to undermine promotion in the new season is to make a promise and not keep it. To give someone our word and not be trustworthy. We need allies in the new promised land. And you create allies by being people of your word. Ooh, that's a hard one. We're like, well, well, sometimes you can't keep your word. Well, then this is what the Bible says about that. It's better to not make the vow than to make it and break it. You're like, well, then, then tell someone, I'm going to do my best to do this thing. But if we give someone our word, then we keep our word. Sorry, that's heavy. All right, next one. Number seven, no covenants with the enemy. No compromise. No compromise. Like, if it's below the standard of Christ, I don't care who tells me it's okay. Amen. I don't care if I'm preaching it's okay to myself. If it's not Jesus' standard, it can't be my standard. I tell my sons this all the time. I'm like, sons, as you grow up, the world is pretty wild and crazy right now. And their grasp on truth is slipping. Like the world doesn't believe there's, there's moral absolutes and truths anymore. And, and, and the goalpost has shifted from truth way from what it should be. And I, told my, I tell my sons, if it's not in God's word, if it's not in God's character, don't believe it. And I say this, even if you hear your dad say it, and it's not Jesus' standard. Don't believe your dad and correct your dad. I just want to be right. I want to serve him. I want to hit that standard. There is so much blessing that comes with the standard of Christ. I don't want to miss out on it because I have my own ideas. All right, number eight. Sing a new song. Sing a new song. A new song is required for every new season. Every new season you enter, it will be a new song. You know why? Because a song rises from the condition of our hearts. I only sing a song that my heart is experiencing. If my heart isn't experiencing, I won't sing that song. That's why thankfulness is this song that we have to sing in this new season. Thankfulness attracts heaven. Yes, it does. Having a thankful heart. It's a, it's a heart of humility. Yes. It's a heart saying, I see what you did for me, Lord, and I'm so thankful for it, and I can't escape my thankfulness. Yes. I can't grow, outgrow it. It hasn't expired. And thankfulness will stir up a new song in your season. And why is the song so important? Number two reasons. Number one, he always sent the singers and the musicians into war first. Yes. Always. 
In biblical warfare, the way the Israelites made war was they sent the singers first, and they would begin to sing and declare the victory of God before the battle. So that's the first reason why we need a new song. Number two, when you sing, you're prophesying. You are prophesying. You are declaring what is about to happen, what is breaking loose and breaking through in your life. time for a new song, a new season. You are, let me me end with this, you are stronger than you realize. The only way that you will realize your strength is to find some giants. Let me ask this question. Are your greatest victories, are your greatest conquests, have they already happened or are they in front of you? If I'm growing in strength, and if I'm growing in grace and power and authority, then my greatest victories have to always be before me. And I will take the victories from my past and hold them up in the face of my future giants. What did David do when he stood and says, hey, I'm going to go fight Goliath? He says, hey, guys, one time I was hanging out with my sheep and a bear came out and try to get my sheep. And what did I do? I ripped the bear apart with my bare hands. And they were like, whoa, no one's ever done that before. He's like, oh yeah? Another time, a lion came after him. And I did the same. I grabbed the lion by the mane. I wish the Bible told exactly how he did it. But I picture him just jumping on the back of that mane and ripping that stupid thing off, ripping the head off. He says, I will do the same thing to this future giant that I did to my past giants. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's what happens when you come into your future and you begin to prophesy and you begin to uh, face conquests and giants that you've never faced before. It will bring something to the surface you didn't know was there. You're stronger than you think you are. Why don't you stand? Oh, Jesus. Woo. All right, here's how we're shifting culture even more in this house. We're all going to become giant killers, every single one of us. We're going to become giant killers, and we're going to run with other giant killers. We're going to be a gang of giant killers. And when people come around us, they're going to hear our stories of how we killed the giants. And they're going to say, well, I've got giants in my life, and we're going to step beside them and help them learn how to fight that giant. And we're going to say, hey, you can fight that giant. I can fight that giant. Absolutely. And here's how you fight the giant. And we're going to show people how to win victories in their life. I believe this. This is what we're called to at Fire Life. We're we're called to conquer. We're taking territory right now. Like we've taken a lot of territory over the last few years. A lot. That's why there have been so many hard battles. Difficult battles. We're moving into a season where we're stepping into the promised land. You're moving into a new season. Jesus, I ask right now that you would stir up the heart of David inside of everyone here, that they would be those who fear only God, that they will step up to any giant who speaks against the name of God, that there will be a righteous indignation inside of us. When truth is being ripped apart, we will stand up for truth. When mountains rise up, we will speak to the mountain. Who are you, O mountain? Before me, you will become a plain. For it's not by might, nor by power, but by a spirit, says the Lord. 
I want you just for just before we close in prayer, Hank is going to come close. Hank and Ashley will come up close. But I want you to think back to some victories you've had, some giants you've killed. Just just flashback. Play the movie in your head. Some giants you killed, some addictions you broke, some some generational curses in your marriage that you've broken off. Look at you. You're a giant killer. You're a killer of giants. Come on. You've broken off poverty off your house. Maybe you're here and you've become debt free. Good for you. You conquered a giant. You got a new promotion. You killed the giant to get to that promotion. Oh, come on. <laughs> you're a giant killer. Come on, say, I'm a giant killer. Say it again. I'm a giant killer. Look at the person next to you. You're a giant killer. We're a gang of giant killers. <laughs> now, Jesus, I ask that you would go before us as the angel and that you would make war with our enemies and that you would lead us into our promised land, that you would cause them to be confused that the systems that they've had in place that have allowed them to stay where they are would fall apart. That you would confuse their communications so that we can step in and show the strength that you've put inside of us. The day of conquest is here for you. The day of conquest is here. Come on. Would you just pray as Hank and Ashley come? Would you pray over your heart that God would prepare your heart for the battle? Come on. Yeah, it's so good. I, <laughs> uh, transition going into the new, going into the new season has always always been a, a not necessarily a mystery, but a frustration for me. Uh, you 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 feel like you're getting all pumped up to turn the corner, and it just like you kind of just skip off the road. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't do it right that time. Um, there's the times in my life, and actually as a, as a parent to my kids, I, I have to like almost like get my children's attention by, you know, my son's saying like, Sammy, like they're really yelling at me. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and as we're during worship, uh, I got an image of uh, the stone being rolled away as if, I was, as if I was like Lazarus inside the tomb. And I see the stone being like kind of rolled away and the, I can see the light, but then I didn't move. <laughs> I sat there on my phone or turning on the sport game or whatever, thinking about what I'm going to eat after church for lunch or the, the things that we place in front of our lives that kind of stall things out. And I, 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 so I went back to read the story of Lazarus in the, in the Bible in John 11. And uh, there's that point where Jesus just goes, just... Lazarus, 
come out. And I can see Lazarus on his phone, just like, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> just, and walking out. But it took the voice of the Lord to, to jar him. Of course, prob- I mean, he probably woke up when that happened from the, from the I'm just again, I'm kind of adding to the story here, but it, it, I was, I don't know, I just, I kept on chewing on that as we're being called forth into the new to kill giants, you know. Imagine how Lazarus' family was completely changed. His whole, like Mary and Martha and, and Lazarus, they're all sisters and brothers, they're completely changed. How would a man live once he'd been woken from the dead? I mean, whoa, I mean, really, that's really happened. Lazarus is real. And, and so I, I, every, every month I try to learn this from Bill Johnson. Just, I try to go back to all my prophetic words I've, I've had. And the one I came across was September 14, 2013. The Lord said my name and woke me up in, like, in the middle of a dream. Like, whoa, I just heard my name. And it was the same intensity. And it's, I, I wrote down John 11. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and I'm going to wake him up. Like, oh. <laughs> and so... I want, with the Lord, I feel like the Lord, I want to pray over you guys and invite you up here is for him to wake up the things that have died. Uh, to, you've been called forth to kill giants. That's Jared is talking about. You've been called forth to kill giants and we need sometimes a voice of God just to just jar us into doing it. I mean, there's ambitions the Lord's put on your heart, dreams the Lord's put on your hearts. There's careers the Lord's put on your heart that you have wanted to do. Things as like when you were a child, that the Lord put on your heart, and because of whatever circumstance, it's been dulled, it's been snuffed out, it's been lulled to sleep, and it's dead. I mean, you can think about those things right now. Like, what is that thing that the Lord has put on your heart to call you for to do? He's, he has said things over your life, and it just takes a Hank! Whew. It takes a Lazarus to get up and jar yourself, excuse me, as I yell, but... It's, that's what it takes sometimes. And sometimes we think of Jesus being the soft-spoken. This, no, he will yell at you. And it takes it to get you up. And again, I, I just imagine Lazarus just kind of getting up, seeing the light, but like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I look at my phone. I read my Bible every once in a while. And there's, <laughs> there's giants to be killed. And, and I can imagine the testimony anywhere Lazarus went you know, I mean, forgive the imagery, but people would just buy him a drink, put it on in front of him, and it's like, tell me your story. You know, like he, his calling came forth because Jesus sh- shook him with his voice. And so let me pray that over you guys. Jesus, I release the voice, the very awakening voice of heaven to jar us. Shake everything that can be shaken, Lord. Anything that does not connect with Jesus, we ask for the shaking we ask for the voice to come to wake us out of our sleep. Whatever has been lulled by the enemy, whatever has been, been, been uh, seduced by the enemy to where it is, is asleep or dead, we call forth hope. We call forth walking with Jesus, the voice of the Lord, to jar us into doing what you have called us to do. Give us the courage to kill giants even this week, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this. We are weak. We are just weak people who try to love you. But with you, we are the majority. (laughs) With you, nothing can stop us. Mountains melt. Storms calm. My calling can come alive. 
because of your voice. Lord, release that in Jesus' name. If y'all need prayer, come on up. Seriously, get prayed for. Uh, I don't know, just reading through those prophetic words. I mean, if you need a prophetic word, come get a prophetic word. Uh, uh, we'll try to hear the Lord for you and, and, and just roll with it. So we love you guys. Um, uh, prayer team, if you want to come up. Um, uh, you know, love you guys. Y'all have a great week.